Welcome to today's episode of CLCI Live, brought to you by the award-winning and ICF-accredited school, Certified Life Coach Institute. Sit back, relax, and enjoy today's episode. It's another week of CLCI Live. I am going to quickly turn it over to my fellow compatriots here. Carry on. I'll be back. Welcome right. to Certified Life Coach Institute. I'm just going to take a moment because we have a couple of our students who have, uh, I, didn't tell the, I didn't tell the gang I wanted to do this, so I'm surprising. Uh, students who are in hospitals are doing health, having health concepts. And so I just want us all to take a moment to send some positive energy, prayers, thoughts, um, Anything of your belief system, just send it out to our everyone, of course, but especially our, our fellow um, students that have been participating. Um, there's one in particular that I'm thinking of. His wife uh, has been struggling. Uh, but everyone, just sending those energy, loving thoughts. All right, guys. Thank you, Durham. Go for it. Okay. Well, I was going to ask you guys what our topic was today. Did Brooke mention it? I don't think she did. No, so, okay. So today I'll kind of, I'll, I'll open up the door, I guess, into what we're going to be discussing. And we are going to be speaking about triggers. Um, <gasps> what? Yes. Trigger warning. Um, maybe not. Actually, if you get triggered easily, uh, you should probably maybe want to sit and stay and watch this because I think we will sit down and kind of speak a little bit about how to deal with triggers how to proceed with that, how to manage um, when you are being triggered, how to manage if you are triggering someone else, uh, particularly in the coaching space. So maybe we bring up first and foremost, which I think is important, what is a trigger? What can what constitutes a trigger? What is a trigger to you guys? What is a trigger in general? What is that? My understanding of a trigger is a specific sort of topic of conversation or something that people may run across that brings back or not brings back but incites um any sort of episode whether it's like ptsd is like the one i think of often but like anxiety attacks panic attacks um things like that if you talk about traumatic topics or topics that bring back these traumatic memories, it might cause someone distress. And that, that's my basic understanding of it. So you avoid, I mean, what would be a good example? A good example, but that's also not too trigger for our audience right now. Because uh, I think we're talking about an overview yeah. topic of triggers, not like specific ones. Are you thinking of one or you don't know one? Um, um, well, there's maybe. a number of things that we can be. So I think with triggering anything, it can come about when we have, I think you can get as simple as when you have an emotional reaction to an a, a, a external stimuli, right? Um, so it can be something you're reading, something you're experiencing, something you're seeing, something you're hearing, something you're tasting. It can be a hundred different things. Um, any, your senses, any number of things um, can can be a trigger. Um, yeah. And I, I don't think you have to have trauma to be triggered. I think though uh, um, that that um, 
a lot of times it is it sets a it sets that that emotional roller coaster or the um the, the hormone roller coaster into action and um from there uh, any number of things can happen <laughs> so. so so i think um, i i wrote this as when you asked that question i wrote it down real quick uh as i put our or my interpretation of an immediate experience that is based on a past learning so something that comes back um and allows that impactful history we, to impact the moment of a reminding of that similar experience is how I would interpret it. So would this be considered a trigger war or not trigger warning, but a trigger for me uh, to keep it really light. Um, everyone's aware of those big green June bugs, right? That fly around. Oh my God. Terrifying. Whenever I hear those wings, I don't care if I see it or not. I'm ducking, covering, like running away from whichever space I'm in so I can get away from that. That is an absolute trigger for me, I think. Is that considered something that could be a trigger? I mean, just to clarify. So, so your fight or flight being initiated. Yes. So, yes. <laughs> uh, Anthony, go ahead. I mean, just kind of lightly speaking, that is a trigger. I mean, we're talking about it right now. Um, does this conversation trigger you? Does talking about the June bugs? Um, no, 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 not the conversation, but the sound of the, the wings, which I can oh, think yeah, of. Yeah, they make a sound. Very crazy, <laughs> but I, I'm trying to block it out because I hate it. Yeah, I think, well, I, hmm. I think okay, June so, bugs are just so California. Downstairs, downstairs, I have like three Amazon packages um, that I have not touched because there was a black creature that was flew at my face when I went downstairs to get them yesterday. And I said, you can have them. They're yours. And walked away. Um, I don't know if this is as much fear and irrational as it is the kind of trigger um, we, we are speaking of. But uh. <laughs> I think I think the triggers we're speaking of, at least in the coaching space, has to do has to do with conversation though and topics we talk about um the fact that we can talk to jerome about june bugs um and it's not activating his flight or fight maybe it's not the kind of trigger we're talking about Sorry. if that was the case and jerome was very uncomfortable with this conversation that would be a good that would be a good example of a trigger um i don't know what do you guys think i agree um so being somebody who has PTSD, um, the, the resident PTSD haver, although I think everybody does to some degree, um, <laughs> um, there, there, being triggered can be a very frustrating thing, emotional thing. It can be something that um, where uh, afterwards you feel foolish and you feel um, like it was almost an out-of-body experience. And that is that sort of disconnect because what happens is your fight or flight kicks in and it's about it's an instinct at that point you're like save yourself keep yourself safe whatever that's going to look like and this is what happens with people who deal with ptsd that have been uh, you know um, in a place of you know fighting for, at war and things like that they they will grab their families and run with them um uh because at that point their fight or flight has been initiated and the same thing happens to me when i uh, sometimes when i have mine and that fight or flight gets initiated and it's not always logical when you're in that state and it doesn't always mean that you're going to be angry or it doesn't always mean that you're going to be insanely upset 
um, a lot of times it's a matter of protect yourself. Like you get this feeling of that protect whatever you need to do to keep yourself safe, right? Um, so for me, uh, that can come in a variety of ways. Like we said, um, sounds, just a number of things. But they're also, um, I think really where we deal with it a lot is, is uh, topics, topics, certain topics can be triggering. <laughs> um, certain certain reactions, certain people, certain situations can be very triggering for people. Um, and I think that's really what we're talking about here is that that what do we do as a coach when we are feeling that um, untriggered in a session? I was going to ask that as my next question. Is this a is this a conversation that we have about us as coaches or our clients if they feel triggered and how we handle that? But we can start with the coach um, first. So, yeah, I think that that's, I mean, um, being triggered, there are a lot of situations that can trigger you in a session as a coach. And how do you not flip the fight or flight switch when you're in the middle of this? Can you imagine? Like, <laughs> oh man, <laughs> that would be, that would be so embarrassing for me. <laughs> um, but I, I can imagine being able to hold it together, but afterwards it could be a very exhausting experience, the act of having it to hold it together. And then a lot of times you get the adrenaline dump afterwards, and that could be something that could be very difficult for a coach to deal with, having being in a situation with a client that maybe triggers them for one reason or another. So uh, thoughts? Oh, well, I think of an experience that um, while it wasn't a huge um, adrenaline kick in or rush or, or anything, it's just about some clients that I had had uh, that kind of triggered something in me and I'm like, Ooh, where did that come from? And so I just wrote it down on the margin because what they were talking about had nothing to do with me, what they were sharing. They were perfectly happy with who they were and what they were sharing. And it's nothing bad. That's see, that's the other side of it. It's nothing. When, when you take it out of the context of my experience or interpretation in that moment, it's really wasn't anything bad. So that's what it was. I had to write it down because that's what I do. I like to write. And so I wrote it just in the margin real quick so that I knew I had to, when leaving, like you said, Brooke, I had to go work on it. I had to realize how that was affecting me and impacting me and what I could do differently so that that would not happen ever again, especially in session. (laughs) And uh, Jerome, you were sharing right before we started here um, about a certain, how you felt about the, the, the trigger warning and it'd be kind of cliche at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so on top of the fact that I feel like the big counterintuitive to managing past that trigger, um, you know, saying, Hey, this might trigger you. You probably want to stay away, which is again, counterintuitive to actually dealing with this and getting past whatever situation it is that does trigger you. Also, I feel like it became, um, a really, passive aggressive way of saying I don't agree with you and um, I don't want you to talk anymore kind of to me at least that's my experience I've seen it um, because I've seen I've seen that that phrase used on very light topics that should be open for discussion like trigger warning and nothing necessarily gruesome or extremely traumatic but again I yes we did speak about how uh, different things can trigger different things in other people depending on who you are it's person to person so I am aware of that, but just personally, that was kind of my, my personal opinion on it. Um, 
and well i think one of the things we had spoken about too in that situation was feeling it like it's cliche a lot of times um it does serve a purpose that warning for for uh, like i shared and i'm in groups where there are people who are genuinely going through and dealing with the very the early stages of post-traumatic stress and so giving them a kind of heads up like is a good thing because you don't want them to read something that may in fact end up sending them down a spiral that will then you know ruin their day because they're just not in that place yet where they have developed the skill set to manage those emotions um or that reaction um i think though one of the things that that, that that happens though is people also use that oh my god this might trigger you like you said is an excuse kind of thing um and i think the the or or as a reason for to like deflect it becomes like a deflect like i don't um but but really in truth i think it's an indication we, we should be looking inward at ourselves like if we are triggered it's really about us not about what is triggering us um and it's an indication of something a space that we should probably be working on ourselves in um yeah unless you want to be, i mean nobody wants to be triggered for the rest of their life i don't think everyone would hope <laughs> i mean i think that's why this is such a relevant topic around coaching is because the whole purpose of coaching is for you to look inward and figure out what it is that is you know that that self-work aspect of your life that's exactly why you know i think this is such an important conversation to have here in that coaching space one um thing that came to mind when we were talking about this is how does this even come up in coaching in the first place i think the first step on the coach is prevention and establishing from the get-go that this isn't counseling this isn't therapy we're not going back into the client's past to work on these sort of issues and once you open the door for that kind of conversation whether it's intentional or accidental that sort of lets clients go into those topics that aren't strictly coaching and you're more likely to encounter those triggering sort of topics uh, in that scenario. So just establishing from the get-go, you don't go into those therapy counseling sort of areas. It's a strictly coaching and strictly goal-oriented, what would you like to work on today that's within the sphere of coaching? You'll save yourself a lot of trouble in the future when it comes to these triggers. Well, I think so too. It's um, yes, not entirely, but yeah. But but if, if the reality is though, if you're if you have a client that is dealing with in maybe in the space of um, having to move forward, and perhaps they are avoiding things because they are they have a fear around a trigger, they have a fear around a certain situation because of something in their past. And ultimately, that is a similar thing. It's that, it's that they are too scared or too something or triggered to go into a situation or maybe proceed to towards their goal for one reason or another. And so triggers can almost be substituted for blocks in many ways, I think. Um, so as long as you're still moving in this forward fashion, right, uh, looking forward, I, I think that 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 you can absolutely deal with triggers as a coach and you can discuss them as a coach as well. I mean, would you say so, Lisa? I mean, you would. I would. You would want to ask questions around it. Sure. Say. Yeah. And it usually come. I mean, it's someone who's willing to make changes and not uh, point a finger towards someone else. It's really self boundaries and what works for you and what doesn't work for you. It always goes back to that boundary of finding out. 
that trigger here and now and what is it that I want to do differently if I am in that trigger place. In that place when you are triggered, you're not going to really probably be able to do much, but it's the step before you get triggered where you can be more reasonable in the sense of a follow through with something that you've practiced and set up with your coach. Um, so, and, and this is when we talk about this a little bit, if, it's, if we see our clients have a, a body language shift, right? Um, or if our clients have uh, not only a body language shift, but um, uh, the, um, sorry, I got distracted. Um, but it, like, you know, where we're starting to see the emotions come in and maybe they aren't, that's an indication they have been triggered. And it's it's absolutely a moment when we can ask a question as a coach, I would say. Now we're not addressing the coaches being triggered, we're addressing the clients being triggered here, but yeah. um, all the With same. my earlier example, I was mostly mentioning the client or the coach being triggered, yeah. that you can avoid those situations um, that way yourself. But now we're talking more so about the client. Well, you never know, too. I mean, I, I the strangest thing is like it depends on it can can be triggering. And if I'm under already at a tremendous amount of stress and anxiety or if I'm not if I'm not practicing my self-care, right, mm-hmm. I am far more susceptible to triggerings. Than or if maybe not a topic of conversation, but the person you, you are talking to. Now, the human being themselves, that is a tough thing because there are are some people that just make our hackles raise right that just we just go right? um, and um that is that is probably a situation that can be tough to maneuver as a coach what do you do if your client just their existence triggered you <laughs> like if it, i mean i think you would not coach with them yeah right? just off the bat, that doesn't sound like an ideal client and um maybe they you know could be assisted elsewhere but in that space probably not necessarily a space you want to fight that battle for either of your guys's benefit. No, it's yeah, it's not to your benefit in that space. It's the client is paying for a neutral person and you aren't neutral in that place. But definitely that would be a, an opportunity if if it does work, go get help. Go find your go-to person whether it's a coach, whether it's a, prof- a licensed professional do follow through with that. Um, my, but definitely, yeah, Leanna, referral without doubt. First, there's not even maybe. Oh, yeah. sorry. My first thought process was was well, okay, wait, but it could be great work for me if I. But that's not fair. That's not making it about your client yeah, at all. So, you should not do that to your client to like make make them. You know, it's just that wouldn't be fair to your client. So it's best to refer for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Without a doubt. But let's say that happens and you're, mm-hmm. you're, do you guys have any, when you have been triggered, do you have tools or techniques that you guys use to sort of come out of that space? Mm-hmm. Just curious. Well, as I mentioned, I'm a margin writer. I will take, when I'm taking my brief notes during session, if something comes up for me, I just jot it. I don't write a story, just jot it down and recognize that I need to go to my support system I have a team, had a team of five, <laughs> the support system, and I knew which person I needed to go to to help me through that given moment should I need to. The more I did that, um, the less often I had to do it. Uh, you know, So it might have been greater in the beginning, and then the more practice of being neutral in session became 
second nature. I didn't have to do that kind of work. I do other kind of work, but not that particular. I'm just curious. Do you because uh, for me, like I'm thinking of different, there's different levels of triggering, obviously. So my brain goes to like the far extremes because I've experienced them. But um, so that's why I'm like, I'm wondering, if, have you guys ever been flipped into full-blown fight or flight before? Like, has that ever happened to you guys? <laughs> I mean, it has to at some point. Yeah. Yeah. So I haven't had one really where I kind of blacked out in the sense of I was young. I haven't had one like that since I was young. My grandfather, uh, I was getting ready to go out and visit my grandfather. I was probably, I don't know, 18, 19, probably 18. And I had to, he went in the hospital, he had a heart attack. And I'm like, I got to go now. I got to go this instant. And the person I worked for told me no. I'm like, and this is where a swear word comes out. I don't know who the F you think you are. I'm going. <laughs> and I went and immediately quit my job. <laughs> and they tried to talk me out of it because I was a good employee. Uh, and I said, nope, done. Out of here. But I barely remember that whole exchange. I feel like I was so ignited. So ignited. But it was a silent rage, not a loud rage. Meaning I didn't have a, um, a, a outward energy push. It was all inward and held onto it inside. But I know that was a huge, huge moment that I was black. <laughs> all yeah. I could see was black. <laughs> those blackouts, like those are, I mean, they're, they're scary and interesting. Like, um, and that's that shadow, right? The, that's mm -hmm. the, the shadow work and that play. Um, as if we go get Freud and Jung with it. Um, <laughs> um, and it's interesting that we have just the, these moments where we're just it's it, it's like out of body experiences really mm -hmm. um, that, that's that would be a perfect ex, ex, um, explanation it would definitely felt out of body <laughs> the one thing though i think that we have to understand is if you're on the receiving end of that it's not about you it's about that person like it's it's about the other person that is spirit it's about the, it's their thing don't take it personally which is hard to do but just it's it's that they've got something they need to deal with um and I, that's a tremendous for me as somebody who's dealt with ptsd i've been, had to have this conversation where it's like please just be understanding i'm I, like <laughs> this is not who i am um and you just have to have like this this sort of uh, um, it, it can be difficult um it can be very humbling as well uh um uh and definitely an indication of work of a space of like okay wow why that that happened <laughs> um uh but I, I i i'm grateful because it's growth uh for me at least it's, it's always an opportunity for growth so um some sometimes with the clients one of the things that we've talked about um in session because as a couples coach we've we've talked about how when someone else is triggered can they recognize before that moment that they've been triggered and can they take another step back when they notice they're approaching that can they and it's just keep noticing those steps so that in your body you start recognizing because your body reacts first yeah. oh i had another i had another time that i was sure i'm just now thinking of it where and this is probably something good to share in our community because it was about someone trying to scam me <laughs> out of a coaching session and that's not what they were trying to do they were trying to get anyway so i'm texting with this person 
and maybe some of you have gotten this now because it's now been abundance. This was, I don't know, probably five or six years ago. I was texting someone in the morning and they were talking about they're deaf, so we have to communicate this way is the easiest way versus going through uh, the systems for people to communicate through deafness. That they were uh, dying, <laughs> and I'm laughing because this is not true, obviously. <laughs> and they were dying, and their family were going to be five of them survivors, and they wanted to have coaching. They didn't feel like therapy was necessary. They wanted to have coaching and they got all this story and blah, 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 blah. And then, you know, we got down to how much it was going to cost. And boy, that was kind of a hard thing to figure out because I didn't want to charge a whole bunch, even though I was going to work a whole bunch. So I was trying to figure out what would be a good price. And so I was like jumping through hoops for this person. And then there, and I'm like hours into this uh, inner exchange. I'm also getting my hair done and getting my hair done all of a sudden. And I do not ever, ever do this. I throw the phone down. I literally throw the phone down. I was being scammed because they're asking me for my merchant number so they could pull money out versus put money in. They were trying to say that, oh, now we need to hire a limo driver and pay them. And so they were justifying the amount of money that exchanged. Uh, that they were talking about exchange and it's just all of a sudden jacked up. I'm like, Oh my God, what is this? <laughs> and so I was ex triggered there, not highly, but mildly. And uh, just, I'm still affronted by that today because they were trying to um, do something illegal. <laughs> Well, I think too, um, uh, well, one of the things that, that uh, Leanna said is we, we can only be responsible for how we respond in these situations. And yeah. I, I agree. I completely agree. Um, we're responsible. And it's also our perceptions too can play a great deal. What can happen though is is if, if, if one person triggers another person and then it, it, becomes, it can escalate very quickly. It can escalate very, very, very quickly. And um, not always a good thing. And that's uh, the hope that, that, yes, that emotional intelligence and self-awareness comes about mm -hmm. at some point. And um, I know one of the tools that I use, Lisa um, helped me, which is, it's, it's really, it's kind of akin to cognitive behavioral therapy in many ways. And that's um, I pause the first physical reaction, which is, that's the hardest part, is noticing that physical change that we experience. If it's your heart pounding faster, if it's your breath getting shorter, if it's my ears turning red, if it's um, any number of things that can be uh, an indication and that then then rerouting that, that energy essentially um, away from your normal reaction. And it's, it's that re-knitting the, the neurons kind of thing. Um, creating new neural pathways and new, yeah. new patterns is what it is, is, is we, we get, we get used to reacting the same way or in a very traumatic situation, we can quickly develop new patterns, a new way of doing things, because that's, I mean, it's amazing how, how quickly we can, we can adapt a habit um, when we're in a space and that's where that post-traumatic stress comes in. Um, My question you, is, you can't reroute them later. Yeah. The question is, how do you do that in a session though? as that's because you've got the session that's rolling on let's say mm -hmm. you're in the clients you know 
If we take then then that's the thing is I was going to like Lisa said you could she drops in the the her it, that would help. It would help because writing does help a great deal. But I'm thinking like me, if I'm starting to go into full blown trigger, who? What do I do? The nice the nice thing for me is um I could I would have to it would honestly it would have to be like a PQ kind of situation where I would have to start to focus on so I would have to just make my world a lot smaller and then bring my attention hyper focused into what I'm doing and why I'm doing it and out of that space where I'm really noticing the the physical and emotional reaction. So it would be me focusing on my breathing. I would be um, doing something probably with my hands where I'm you know feeling something on my hands and just like focusing on that for a minute and just it's about taking the um, stopping the I guess the train of that that train of thought and doing so in a healthy not crazy way <laughs> it's a break it's a big it break that pattern it's to find that way to break the pattern which is what the pre pq reps are about you can get up and go to the bathroom if you are identifying that you're in that space just get up i'll be right back to your whoever you're working with and go to the bathroom and do some breathing or whatever for you is that uh, releasing that energy and getting you back into the neutral place i know that afterwards i would probably sit down and do like a, a self-assessment like i would be there would have to i would have to have like okay once the session is over it's the for me, like, why, okay, what happened? Why did that happen? How can I prevent that in the future? Is this going to happen again? Yeah, have exactly. those questions, yeah. that sort of, that's that, that introspection when I'm not in that state, it would have to be in, when I'm in a very clear headed and, and not feeling threatened state, essentially. Mm -hmm. Leanna asks, so is it inappropriate to step away for a second? No. No, not at all. 100%, if that's something you feel like you need to do, go and do it because there's, the little bubble that is the session that's kind of self-contained but then there's this sort of outside where it's you monitoring and checking how is this like how do i feel how's the session going and if you feel like you're getting to that sort of triggered state just pause the session just let them know you could be totally honest with them too just like hey like i'm not feeling so well i need to step away for a few minutes you can be as candid as you feel like, I suppose, but you do risk well, I being, think, I think too open. I, I, I think you just stay into, you know what, I'll be, I, I got to take a second here. I'll be right back. I'm going to run to the bathroom and you just do what you need to you do. Don't have, you don't have to share. You don't have to make it about you. Like, right. The moment you, you it starts making it about you, but you, what you can do is just say, I need a moment. Um, I think too, though, as coaches, we we are people who are serving others and our calling is to serve others um and we can get stuck in that space of of okay is this what's best for the client this is about the client this is, is this what is best but always 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 your mental health and well-being are come first they come first they just do and so it's the oxygen mask yeah so exactly, exactly. You put the oxygen mask on yourself first before. And so it's okay if you need to pause a session, stop a session. Uh, anything that you need, it's okay to do that because you should put your own mental health and safety and well-being. I would, I would also say even if you ended up losing a client because of this, it's still just more important to make sure you're okay. Take the L, let the client go away, and then the next client you come in contact with, you learn from that experience. But that's the worst case scenario, and it's still in your best interest to look out for yourself. 
the clients will be okay with this being a, a one one what do they call that one time thing not one time one what do you say one off one off there it is they'll be okay it's a one off but it's a frequent one off then that's where it becomes it's really time for you to refer that client out it, well it starts to be selfish of you to keep trying to get yeah to, to keep keep trying i mean it might be the best the best uh intentions but that doesn't um always mean that it's the best thing so, um, uh, is there any, so I feel like we're in this like very kind of like dark space at the moment. It's cause I look super goth today. Um, <laughs> I'm wearing black. Uh, is, let's talk about the positive things about triggers. Oh, they keep us safe. There's a reason that <laughs> there's a reason that we've been trained. We've trained ourselves because yeah, we've yeah. needed it in some history of us in some fashion that allowed us to be protected and safe for sure. I just misuse it. Yeah, no, it's, it's, I mean, it exists for a reason. I think also there's, um, I would, I would seek to take the shame out of feeling like those moments, you know, uh, it's not that, yes, we, we can grow and we can, especially for somebody with PTSD, it should be a learning space and it is a space that, that you can grow from, but it's also not a place where, where you should feel guilty because it's your system yeah. trying to keep you safe and that's what it's doing. And so it's, it's really, it means that, that you're, it's working. And to some degree, it's working in the sense that it's trying to keep you safe and alive and protected. And that's not a bad thing. Um, it, it just can be confused when it should be applied and when it shouldn't be applied. Because something feels similar, something looks similar, something sounds similar. And so that can trigger that adrenaline rush. Um, I, I also, the, the, the judgment thing, it's, it's a lot of times can we can we can lose, can create this fear of if we're, we're often triggered, right? That, that we aren't capable, trust, able to trust our own judgment. We aren't able to, um, things of that nature. But in truth, that's not the, always the case. I think you should trust your judgment, but it becomes, a, again, that awareness piece becomes very important in all of this. And But forgive yourself too. That's, that's really the biggest thing. I, I want to say maybe there's one that we can all kind of get behind. Um, so the honking of a horn while in traffic. Oh, God. That is triggering. Every, I just get angry. You start to say traffic, and it's like a trigger. Well, I mean, <laughs> like, to, your, to your point, I mean, it's, it's intended to help if somebody is, you know, maybe coming fast and, you know, they don't have the ability to stop. It is intending to be there to prevent disaster from happening. But I love, love if that. I just hear it like a couple cars down to the right and it's not intended for me, still triggers me still upsets me it definitely I, but that's that's such a good point because you just, it's about perception right we can choose in any situation at some point i mean yes they're they're, they're we're, when we're talking about triggers which is that extreme moment when emotions take over and you lose your logic um it, it just the the reptilian brain wins and and uh logic is gone so um uh but but in those moments where you're still maintaining you're you're able to think for yourself and you come or even afterwards you come clear-headed you can choose to look at a situation in any light you wish i mean whether it can be something that scares you it can be something that you can find the positive in um yeah i kind of want to revisit carol's comment because it was beautiful i, I thought uh, <laughs> We we let it go on the screen. I don't think we did. We did we read it out loud. We can see all of it though, so you might have to read it out loud. <laughs> so we got. Uh, it's a little. It's a little uh, weird. Here I can read it. I have a personal challenge. I place in front of myself to see the gift and uh, the gift of everything. 
with that, I don't see it as a problem, but I see it, uh, see it or neutrally, see it uh, or neutrally, I'm able to look forward to teaching in that case. I don't see it as a trigger, but rather as a learning lesson. Yes, very true. And it's more welcome for me in this case. And I agree, I mean, very much so. It's that it's a chance for us to learn as an individual when we are triggered. It's it's that that's what shadow work is. Um, really, it's shadow work is, is taking a step towards being a more whole human being by taking a look at the parts of yourself that you might otherwise deny or not be proud of at the end of the day. Oh yeah, no, it's true. Well, the, I mean, that's why road rage exists. It's it's we become literally like our our reptilian selves while in a car driving. That or we go into sleep or drive hypnosis, which is actually real as well. So driving is just kind of terrifying when you break it down. <laughs> that's it. I'm triggered. I'm not driving anymore. <laughs> um, I can't hear you, Lisa. I hear you, Lisa. <laughs> Why not? Um, hey. you, you put in our chat the Byron Katie's the work, and I, this is really a great thing to probably utilize in this space because it one allows you to work through the judgment you have for someone else, but then it also checks in with you on what your truth really is, uh, and going from there. And we can drop a link to the, the, the four. So it's four questions that essentially these questions, what they're meant to do is bring you bring you to an awareness of um, that maybe something my dad has always said to me, and I want to kill him for it. Um, I, I hated it too, even then, but I love him because it's so wise. It's, it's, he, would, he would get upset and then he'd be like, wait, when somebody's pointing the finger at me, how many fingers are pointing back at them? Three, right? Um, and in the same indication, it's a, it's a Bible verse for, the, for that matter. Um, uh if you are freaking out triggering being angry being sad being it's probably or if there's something you really don't like in somebody else it's probably an indication that there's something about that that you don't like in yourself um uh that is it's it's probably something that 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 you don't like about you and that's why you detest it in somebody else essentially um and, and it's it, it proves to be true more often than I like to uh, admit or place sometimes. <laughs> but I think that that's, that's, again, that's that shadow work, that becoming whole by, by looking at the things that ourselves we don't like. Because we can very easily look at others and be like, oh God, he does that all the time. Well, chances uh, are you probably do some version of that as well. <laughs> um, if you spot it, you've got it. <laughs> yeah, that's a great word. Smelt it, dealt it. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, there you go. There you go. And that's going to be the, the tagline for the blog for this one. <laughs> I mean, obviously, we're not talking about extreme here. We're not talking harm to self to others and that kind of thing. We're not talking about, we're talking about something that one can have different interpretations. While I may view, not that, not that it's true at all, <laughs> honking of the horn is not a trigger. Where you, it is a trigger. Or conversely, but yes, honking, I think it's us all. There's a lot of different perspectives um, that are out there that one triggers this person and nobody can understand. How many times have has someone who has been triggered felt misunderstood and um, belittled because of what their interpretation was? It's also providing that space for that person to find what their voice is as well. And again, it's it's exploring that gray space, right? Um, 
the moment we we label somebody or any one situation as well this only happened because that person is this or was this or was there's there's so much more to that um into our our experience as people and human beings that everybody's perception is uniquely their own and so I don't think we can ever fully presume or assume that we know what somebody else is going through or what they're experiencing. Um, and and seeking a better understanding of, of why somebody is triggered can actually, I think, bring a lot of, um, it can be difficult, especially if it's, it's a situation that maybe you're not comfortable with. Um, but talk about a space for tremendous growth if you're willing to go in and, and both parties, one that have been sort of triggered by one another can come face to face and have a real conversation. There's, I mean, that could be a very powerful and, and a beautiful moment, honestly. Yeah. I'm, um, it's a rare I'm, one. It's a very rare one, especially look at politics. Oh my God. Talk no, about that's it. not. Trigger, 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 trigger. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm anticipating sort of maybe two questions that students might have when this topic or if this topic comes up in class, one, should a coach, um, should a coach let their clients know what their triggers are? So if like we're doing the intake session or something like, hi, my name is Anthony Lopez. My pronouns are he, him, and these are my triggers. No. Is that too much or too little? I see this I see this very commonly in like online sort of forums where that's like your introduction to whatever thing you're about to do, your name, your pronouns, and your triggers. And I will say that's though, basically just the boundary of let's not talk about this. No, but the thing is I will say there are situations though, let's say you're in a group coaching situation that's specific to people who have been through trauma, they've moved forward, but they're, they're in a space that they want to move forward. And it's a group coaching situation for, for people who have been through maybe a specific trauma. I think it would be fair to have that moment at the beginning and say, okay, these topics might be covered. I think that, but that's because you're in a situation where that makes perfect sense, right? I think as a coach though, we don't, should not be sharing our triggers ever. Um, ever, but now we might share like what we're talking about if it's in a, that again that like group support system kind of situation. It's different, but um, I think it's fair though if you are coaching clients maybe that have had trauma, that if they want to share what their triggers are, we absolutely that was going to be my second question and and listen and say okay and be aware of those things. Yeah, and we not oh. dive into them if they don't want that us to as well. Um, I, maybe. In an intake form, when you're like filling a questionnaire to like apply to be a coach, you could have a little optional thing that says, if you would like, if you would like to share, what are your triggers? What topic should we avoid? Not directly asking the client, what are your triggers? But well, yeah, absolutely. If you have any I, and would like to share, then feel free to do so. Um. I think too, it's important to note that if a client is triggered, it's not an invitation to dig deeper always either. 
Um, it's it's not especially like, not in the moment. Yeah, because I think that sometimes people can be like, well, oh, clearly they need help with that. Um, but that, no, it, it, if that client doesn't want to go there, if it's causing, they may not, it's probably just not time for them to, and not the space. So don't don't see that as a big red blinking sign of like, oh, ask more, dig, 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 necessarily. Um, I mean, it could be, it probably isn't in the moment. Yeah, it will, it use your instinct in that yeah, yeah. There's usually other things that they're wanting to talk about that they have, they became triggered. There's other things that they want to talk about. Oftentimes it's going, maybe revisit it another time if they want. Well, and we also, a big thing to remember in this space is to keep that, the, the, the forward motion, right? Yeah. We are looking forward. We're looking towards the future. Yeah. We're not delving into the past and digging up the whys and the that's not our job as coaches. Right. So it's, it's how, how is this going to prevent you from doing this? You're, you know, taking these steps in your plan. How is this, you know, um, relevant to your goals, things of that nature? Yeah. Um, not why did that happen? Why are you triggered? What's wrong with you? <laughs> That's the wrong office. Talk on it. Talk on it. <laughs> Guys, I'm going to sign off a little bit early. It's my daughter's birthday. Happy birthday, Gabrielle. Happy birthday. <laughs> and uh, you guys, it's always a pleasure. Thank you so much for being here. I'll let the team finish up with you. Enjoy. We can just go crazy. Guys, we can talk about anything we want now. <laughs> CLCI okay. after dark now. Guys. All right. Now we can... <laughs> Um, All right. I'm kind of serious. <laughs> no, what are, what are, like, what's a mini topic we can talk about? For the a mini call. We could, we could do the quickest, um, uh, how to use triggering in your marketing to your benefit. Because <laughs> you can, you absolutely can. And that's the flip side of the coin. That's that, like, that um, coach hat off if you're a marketer. Um, we kind of, that's the pain points. We want to talk to the triggers. So knowing those triggers can actually be very tremendously powerful tool uh, in marketing. At least. So, if I'm not mistaken, we titled this trigger warning, right? It, that's it, why we did, we kind of did that yeah. to trigger people. Like that there you was go. The yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just like, I literally said like, I know I kind of want to rub people the wrong way with this. It's kind of the goal. Like, um, but the reason we do that is because that shock and awe that like, oh, um, can make people very curious. Uh, and it can also make people want to read because they want to argue with you or they, and that's where that piece of uh, having an opinion, um, even if it is divisive in your marketing can be a very, very powerful thing. And also, because uh, it doesn't seem like it should, but the even the topic of talking about trigger warnings, if you had to take a sort of left or right stance, usually the people who lean left who are more sympathetic towards trigger warnings um, oh so we're just assuming that the left side is going to be more sympathetic are we you know the left side is called the sinister side i'm just saying this is, this is, <laughs> my observation is that usually people who tend to lean left are more sympathetic and those who turn to lean right maybe not so but i'm making generalizations but talking, the reason why we put trigger warning as the title of this is because, yes, there is a divide and people are divided on this subject, whether you should or shouldn't do that. I will say, I mean, and, and there, that's, that's the marketing tactics, which, which yeah. they, okay, while we We've may hate all of you into watching this, because while we, yeah, while we may hate them, well, at times they feel uh, weird and, 
there are just as many times that they have gotten our attention that we have uh we have you know been like oh gotta read that and a lot of times that is because there is this divisive subject matter this triggering subject matter that makes us go and then we gotta we gotta get in we gotta get in there <laughs> um, how would you use a trigger in marketing um okay who's your ideal that. client <laughs> because if we go into triggers that relate to trauma or PTSD, no. So let's my say personal time. opinion is I'm very skeptical and cynical of you as a coach. If you no, let's let's use time as a subject. Yeah. Like so, if, so yeah. if I would say maybe you suck at time management, that that could trigger somebody right there because I'm okay, so we're that. we're not talking about like the big triggers. We're talking about like. Well, that's enough sometimes though, like just telling somebody that they, they're not good at something that, that can be like, that could piss somebody off enough for, to make them read that article. Another example might be the, it's, it's a different kind of trigger, but the don't miss out, don't be the first to know, be the, that, and that's that, that wanting to be, you know, where somebody wants, they, it's, that's appealing to the ego really is what that is. It's saying, Hey, you, you want to be the most in the know on this. You better read it. Um, and another way to do that is to speak to a pain point. So if somebody at the end of the day is feeling exhausted and feeling like they aren't feeling, fulfilling their life purpose, and if they're feeling like they're wasting their life, you could put, are you wasting your life? Or stop wasting your life, stop wasting your time. Um, you could also put, the, you could trigger them deliberately by putting how much time and, and break it down in such a way that was unnerving, they might have left to live. <laughs> like, um, and doing something like that could absolutely trigger somebody, but it could also for sure move somebody into action, which is the, really the hardest thing in marketing is to get people from a sedentary state into a state of movement, action, and change. Sorry. I would say alternatively, you can do that in a euphoric, like trigger, excuse me, trigger like a euphoric state. So maybe there's a space where, you know, there's something to, you're triggering again, euphoria, mentioning hey ways that you've missed out on to live well, the best life that you possibly are just in that realm it's type funny, space. it's, it's it, we want people in a good headspace too mm -hmm. like there so there are advertisers that will not advertise um after certain scenes after certain things in film or not in film in in tv because they know that like okay the the, the favorite character is about to get killed off in this scene and if i my ads are shown after this sales are going to tank and it's proven that they do because everybody's in this like emotional state of like oh i don't care about very funny scenes of this coca-cola right now yeah. the child watching nickelodeon there's i don't know what it was there's like some horrible scene of like a, a movie or something like that and then out of the corner spongebob pops up is like watch spongebob at 4 p.m and it, it's like i it's i think it's the scene where it's like from Rugrats or like Chucky's oh, man. About his single dad and his, his mom passed away and then Spongebob yeah. in the corner is just like, hey, how's it going? <laughs> uh, it's just, yeah, it's a timing thing too. Like we, we, we don't want to depress. There's a big difference. There's inciting, making people upset or speaking to their pain points, making them um, angry or, or shocking them is completely different than depressing them. What you don't want to do is depress your clients or depress your potential. Because the moment people get depressed or sad, they're not, who's, who's in taking action 
not very many people when they're really in that sad like state so it's about we're aggressive more aggressive when we're angry right we're more um, aggressive when we're scared too and so those are the emotions you really want to play on more so than the let's make everybody depressed <laughs> we don't want to press we want uh, states that make people take action and that's the big difference and there can be it's a thing there's a fine line there so i could see it could be very confusing uh very quickly but we want always there for people to have hope is or, there is there an example of that maybe maybe like no i think that one of the case, case studies suggests that all southern californians were, will never have true happiness throughout their life oh, well, that's, yeah like that. thanks, really, thanks yeah. you're giving me no hope exactly. like, what do I care? like over <laughs> like i'm not doing i'm not buying i'm not reading i don't care because you essentially extinguish all hope mm -hmm. mind you though but if you said something like your body water bottle is killing you hmm. Um, okay, what? Like now I'm surprised. Now I'm a little scared. And what can I do to change that? So that's that it's a big difference there between like removing all hope and then, oh, wait, no, let's take some action. And I want to find out more. I'm curious. I'm, I'm a little upset that my water bottle's killing me. Um, but there was that there was an actual campaign that was tremendously successful that 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 was how they they introduced the problem of plastic water bottles, essentially. Um, and it was for a company that did uh, metal and glass it water bottles. Drink out of an aluminum can. Yes, because aluminum is far better for you. You need your you need your your metals. <laughs> um, but I think that wraps up wraps up our time um, uh, for now. Some final thoughts on triggers. Um, Other than I want to sing Tigger songs now. Um, when using triggers in marketing, know the difference between ethical triggers and non-ethical triggers. <laughs> What's an unethical trigger? <laughs> I, I mean, I don't want to get into detail just because we're keeping it an umbrella term of trigger, not the nitty gritty, but I can think of a, a good amount of horrible triggers. Oh, yeah. Like, Playing on widespread PTSD, stuff like that. Yeah, just, that is just, yeah. You should see a counselor. Well, also, though, I say this to your audience, though, because yeah. one person might think is another but so but also know your audience and be prepared whenever you're using triggers be prepared for the backlash because there's going to be if you're being divisive you're, there's going to be a backlash and so be there, prepared for that there's i'm not going to mention what kind of coach they were or who they were but there was a person brooke and jerome that brooke and jerome. we really i would <laughs> But there was somebody that we encountered with that their coaching niche was something that I really did not. Oh yeah, with. I know and, exactly what you're talking about, and I, I completely agreed with you there too. And I was like, well, very, not very, a very easy way to use triggers in their marketing, but that's like we're talking about light. Okay, but this is funny though, because like. I completely agree with you, especially, and nobody knows the situation, so I'm not going to talk about it because it's not fair to everybody else. But um, it is really, mind you, marketing is manipulation in many ways. And just to, to take the veil off of marketing, uh, it is manipulation in many ways. You are being manipulated 24-7 manipulated because everything is marketing. Um, however, there is the, like, like the white white the nice li white lie kind of area where you're not lying but i'm just saying where it's acceptable there's an acceptable level um acceptable situations things that don't make you an abhorrent human being um and live in the non-abhorrent human being space is, is really what we're saying and you should know what those are 
how about this? If you don't know what it is, get a second opinion. And if that yes. other person goes, can you imagine? Can you imagine? Yeah, uh, I mean, person. to be non PC, again, this is another example. This was brought up to, by Dan, uh, Gwyneth Paltrow, who created, I mean, basically launched her clothing campaign with a candle, but the candle was titled, This Smells Like My Vagina. Uh, which is divisive. A mm. lot of people found it very offensive, but she got millions and millions and millions of people to take interest. And so that was a, that's a choice. And it's a moment where she knew she was going to trigger people, but she also built an entire business on it as well um, by doing something that was very divisive and kind of offensive to many people. So, but again, I'm not, I'm not, okay, not offensive to me. Right. And, and she's willing to own whatever backlash or just know that if you're being using this as a marketing tactic, you're going to have to own and, and deal with whatever that backlash, that other side happens to be, but it's not always a bad thing and, and it can very much work to your favor. You just have to make that choice and be consciously aware when you do that. Not everybody's going to love it. <laughs> so, um, which I have trouble doing. Like that's hard for me to do. It's, it's, uh, uh, to be that divisive because I am a people pleaser in many ways. So it's like, I don't want to piss everybody off. Can I make everybody happy? <laughs> um, which is not always true. So usually yeah. it isn't. <laughs> I know that too. Same, same people. Yeah. Well, your own, what are your final thoughts? Um, my final thoughts are, I think I was a bit of an anomaly coming into this conversation because not a lot of things trigger me, but trigger warning did trigger me. And I think that's because there's, an, there's, to me personally, I have this understanding that there's always kind of like what Carol mentioned, um, there's a light in everything. And that's the way I, I view things. And I'd lost maybe sight of the facts that, you know, maybe you should find the light in the fact that there are people who are triggered. And again, Brooke brought it up, triggers can be a good thing for us. Um, so I'm enlightened by this conversation. That is my final thought. And I, I just want to say that your aversion to trigger warnings is an example of your cynicism, which might trigger trigger you. <laughs> but again, it's like it's it's that space where you're like you. It's an indication of something you need to work on, or maybe yeah. that indication that you are using um, a, 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 that black and white thought process. Process. Mm -hmm. It's really a big indication of that I'm in black and white and I'm not seeing gray and I could probably stand to open up my realm of view and and look at other people or other perspectives and that's a really good or look at myself and how I can improve and and a final thought I'm grateful for my triggers and the moments I'm triggered because I learn from them and I grow and I'm I never want another human being to change who they are adjust their behavior um uh do anything on my part because i am triggered i don't want that to ever happen i want i want people to just be who they are and it's up to me to maneuver through that and and learn and grow and become strong enough to not be triggered in any given situation and so that's how i view it i don't i don't want to make people change themselves because i'm triggered i would rather put myself in situations where i am triggered and learn so um and that's my thoughts finally all done now. All right, guys, we're gonna off. <laughs> um, that, that, this was fun. Thank you. Uh, and make sure you check out Certified Life Coach Institute. 
we do our best not to trigger people. Um, but if we if you do get triggered, we'll try to help you through it. <laughs> and um, uh, we certify also certify coaches in three days. If you like this topic, make sure you share, comment, like all that good stuff. Uh, and that's it, guys. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in to today's episode. Once again, this is brought to you by Certified Life Coach Institute. We're an ICF accredited school who certifies our life coaches in three-day online intensive courses. In addition to other podcast episodes, feel free to check us out every Tuesday at 4 o'clock p.m. Pacific Standard Time on YouTube or Facebook for our CLCI Lives, where we get together and discuss various topics that are centered around sharpening your skills so you can become a better certified life coach. For more information, feel free to visit us at certifiedlifecoachinstitute.com. Until next time, be well.